Well, hello, guys. Welcome to Remember God Loves You, and I'll meet you at the finish line. Well, today we have a very special guest. His name is Dean Newbert, running for the Wisconsin State Assembly as a writing candidate in Madison, Wisconsin. He joins us and uh, from Madison. How are you doing, Dean? Oh, good. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. So tell me about yourself. Like, um, like, what are you running as? What political party are you running as? And who's your opponent that you're running against? Um, actually, I'm not in Madison. I'm uh, the Fox Cities, north of Appleton area, uh, in Hortonville area. But uh, I'm from this area. Uh, grew up, raised, uh, born and raised in, uh, just outside of Appleton. Um, three kids, married for 14 years, I believe. I hope my wife didn't hear that because I had to think about it. And uh, I'm a Republican. I lost in the primary by 60-some votes. And I was asked to become go back into the race by the Republican Party as a write-in because of the prior history of the guy who won the race. And who was the guy that won the race, if I may ask? Peter Schmidt. Peter Schmidt. So, so what are you running on, um, if I may ask? Like, what's the key? Like, what is your um, like? If you had top three things that are concerning that you're running on, what is, what are those top three things? Um. Number one is life. Uh, we saw a monumental decision with the Dobbs decision. Uh, I decided to get in way before that when I would start watching all the heartbeat the bills and stuff come out out of uh, some, of the, some of the other states. And I realized that Wisconsin wasn't doing those kind of things. Uh, I am unequivocally pro-life, uh, always have been. But just having my three kids and watching them, we were told we could never have kids. And then seeing all three of them born. I spent the last month uh, with my son, who's my youngest. I spent uh, three and a half weeks in the NICU, and I watched. You know, I've always been pro-life, but that really reinforced that that stance. Uh, just watching the fragileness of a baby, of, of of people that or babies that came out of the womb early, and realizing that we we are destroying those lives yeah. uh, with abortion, and, and it, it, I became a huge. I mean, that that was one of my sole missions in life is just protecting our vulnerable. And that includes adoptions and a lot of other options to make really more, more available. Uh, not just, not just outlawing abortion, which is, it's great. That's what we want, but we have to help out. We have to help out uh, parents and mothers and fathers uh, raise those ch- children too. Our second one school choice or uh, parental choice of education. You know, nobody knows best what, what, what's best for your children than, than you do. Yeah. And we, 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 you know, we watched COVID, COVID kind of exposed that where, where the schools are teaching kids stuff. We don't, you know, that isn't, isn't the reading, writing and arithmetic of it. And I got upset realized that we need to have parents involved. So I got involved at a local level and helped school board candidates that were that. And I'm, uh, I'm a huge school choice guy. Where I want, I want, I think every every parent should have the choice of where, where and how they want their children educated. It was the election? I uh, was pretty upset with a lot of things that happened with the last election. I mean, it's not the last; it's not the only one, but it's it's my three big ones. Uh, we need to restore the confidence in our elections. We have yep. way too much irregularities out there. Yes. So let's go back to the school choice. What do you think? So, what are your thoughts on, for instance, the Wisconsin? Uh, DPI, if you want to further your education, if you want to keep the school lunch program, all right, you have to start teaching the critical race theory and this 
um, the equality uh, curriculum. What is your thoughts? So if you win, or if what is your thoughts on those and that kind of issue that's actually looming against our public schools? Uh, first of all, I actually I, I was told this by somebody. I looked up um, the DPI doesn't need to exist. It's just a stat keeper. It should be just a stat keeper. And we should be listening to the, our commerce chambers and agriculture chambers uh, on where the jobs are needed. That's how we should be educating our children. Uh, where, where they're forecasting because that's what's needed. We don't need any more uh, barista degrees. I'm nothing wrong with barista people, but we don't need any more of those degrees. We need people that can get in the workforce. As a business owner, I can tell you we don't have enough people ready for the workforce when they come out of school. Uh, yeah. But absolutely, you know, that there, there should be no uh, no restriction or no uh, mandate on equality training. And if there is, you know, that school has it. That's why school choice is important. Don't you don't send your kids to school at school. Competition makes everybody better, and the good the good schools will. Even the bad schools won't. Yeah, but you you know I'm actually I am strongly against DPI. I don't think the DPI has done any good uh, service to Wisconsin. As a matter of fact, it's actually hurt um, our educators, as well as hurt like just the overall big picture of the big schemes of life because was that no i didn't say nothing oh okay um the reason i don't know i think because you look at you look at the testing scores and the efficiency you know these past couple of years you know and, and so what is your thoughts how would you fix like the the school choice like what would you um what would you push for to advocate for school choice Okay. Well, first of all, you made uh, you made a great. Our highest uh, dollar per student is spent in the Milwaukee school district, and they are always the lowest in test scores. Always. Yeah. Uh, so you know, money doesn't doesn't necessarily buy your way out of buy your way into better education. Uh, school choice. I, I mean, in all transparency, I all, all three of my children uh, go to Catholic school. Uh, two of my children are on, on school choice. The third one, I made too much money. My wife and I made too much money to uh, apply for that. But I, I coach a lot of sports. I coach football, basketball, baseball, and softball. Uh, and I see families all the time that that can't stand their schools. They don't, you know, they, they can't stand the curriculum, but they make just a little too much money to be able to send it there. We, these people are paying property taxes, high property taxes. They, uh, you know, we have got to make sure it's an accredited school. Don't get me wrong; it's got to be, it's got to be teaching. The, we can't. It, nope, not everybody can just start up a school. Uh, but we got to make sure it's an accredited school, and the, and the market will dictate itself, just like it's always happened in American history. Uh, the good, the good ones will prosper, and the bad ones won't. Yeah, so, you know, well, open it up. Well, and not, and so, would you support accountability within the teachers? Absolutely. How would you? How would you support the accountability within the teachers? Okay, well, first of all, you know, some a lot of the reasons our schools have gotten to where they are is because parents, you know, I'm, I'm just as guilty as the next one. Sometimes we just, just we just think our teachers are doing their jobs, and we, you know, teachers are good people, but sometimes they have their own agenda too. Mm-hmm. So we have, we have to have that kind of accountability as the parents have to be watching. That's I mean, that's first and foremost. But at the end of the day. Test scores will show us a lot. Now that doesn't show us everything, but there has to be a, you know, reading, writing, and arithmetic curriculum, 
And if they're going off of that of, of that topic or of that on their own social agendas, uh, you know that that's when when the government has to step in and and, and do something. Yep. And so, and then what do you think? Um, what do you think about this? Uh, you brought up the abortion issue. Um, how would you would you incentivize a family that wants to uh, adopt? You know, for instance, would you um, would you be in support of a program that would help uh, moms that are caring but don't want to have a child? Would you like support a program that is, uh, gives them like a certain amount of money per month until they have the kid? Absolutely, we need to take care of them. Uh, yeah. We, you know, I, I hear it all the time from uh, from people that that are, are on the pro-choice side of this argument. Well, you guys are just pro-birth and not pro-life. And I, and I can't, personally, I can't disagree with that more because when, I, when I'm down at, in the shelters or I'm, I'm coaching sports, it's all pro-life people that I'm working with that, that are volunteering. I, I rarely run into a pro-choice person that are volunteering. But we need to, we need to protect the life. We need to, you know, it's put up or shut up. We, need, we can't just talk to talk. We got to walk to walk on that. And we, we have to help mothers and fathers too, single mothers and fathers. And the adoption process is way too complicated and way too expensive. Even, yeah. I mean, I, I have friends that have spent six figures getting their their, their, their child. And, uh, and we're talking great parents here. And, and we have to make something, we, we have to incentivize that. That's a really good word. Yeah. And we, because I do have to admit that well, and another thing is that we should uh, actually um, incentivize actually this thing called foster to adopt, you know, and that we should give, like, I would be in support of uh, legislation if Wisconsin pushes this to if you want to foster a child, your intention is is to adopt. But then if it doesn't work out, then, you know, it doesn't work out. But if it does work out and that you want to see that person to, like, you want if you see that to work out, you know, because fostering. Do you know how the foster thing works, or? Oh uh, yeah, somewhat. I'm, uh, I have some friends that have done it. I'm not a hundred percent proficient on it, but I do know people who get brought in. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've I've looked into it a little, but I'm not great at it. Would you be in support of foster to adopt programs? Yeah, not, obviously, we're going to need foster parents to just basically be people to help as a uh, like an emergency crisis comes about but yes foster to adopt is a great things to, to yeah. think they can work on well and another thing is that if we do like if there's a foster to adopt thing there has to be something that the the foster system has to be fixed itself yes yes and uh, i'm not 100 i'm you know i'm not an expert in all of that but uh yeah we need we need to we need to uh, prioritize life and the upbringings of our children. Yeah. Um, so, what's another? So, uh, I'm trying, not trying to figure out. Um, so, we continue. So, what do you see was the direction of Wisconsin? Now we've been midlock for four years. We, um, we, we, we've watched mandates shut down businesses. We've watched businesses, some of them have, have never reopened. Yeah. Uh, we, we need to incentivize business. I'm a businessman myself. I started in Ruma. That's where it is today. And, you know, small business is the driving force of our economy. 
So we need to incentivize that. We're not doing that in a proficient manner. You know, we gave a lot of money away for COVID and the state did it, so did federal government. And that was all fine and dandy, but we're seeing the prices reflect that today of our... So we uh, we definitely need to incentivize business. We need to incentivize life. I mean, it, that that's a basic, simple thing is we need to make sure that life is the... Uh, God put us here for, and, and God controls that. And we need to... You know, we need to uh, make sure we're valuing life. We don't value life as much as we should in our society in general, but in Wisconsin, too. Um, Amen. How, how would you incentivize businesses? Like, how would you, how would you incentivize, like, like, yeah, how would you, I can't say that word now. How would you incentivize businesses? Um, let's have, well, I mean, right now we have way more jobs than we have people. Um, I said that to a a voter yesterday. I said, you know, I have a huge, huge problem getting anybody to work right now. And and the big corporations in the the municipalities can't find people to work. Kind of go back a little bit. Part of that is because we've killed through abortion how many millions of of people. We've lost an entire generation of workforce. But that's that's kind of my personal opinion on that. Uh, Incentivize them to to hire more, to pay better, to, um, you know, good jobs, create good communities and, and tax credits. Now we, we spend a lot of time incentivizing really big businesses. Um, I can think of a couple, I can think of professional sports teams. We, we give a lot of money to as communities, uh, fine and dandy with the tourism aspect from sports teams, but some of these businesses didn't produce, uh, make Give, give, put the power back in the local communities. Give them more TIF money for businesses to expand, and, and don't give them free money. TIF money isn't free; it's just tax deferred. So they get the money; it's a loan, but they don't have to pay as much taxes on it at the time. We're getting, you know, with the with with the rising prices, you're really seeing well, how much we're getting taxed. Right now. Yeah, and it's and what kind of business do you own? If I may ask. I own a supply business. We supply nursing homes and apartment buildings with everything from hardware to toilet paper. So, go ahead. So, what was it like during COVID that you had to? Um, how many employees do you have? Uh, I only have anywhere between three and six on any given day. Uh, COVID was a. My business didn't suffer financially, but it no. suffered in every other way. And we sell supplies to nursing homes, and none of the none of the laws they were making, or none of the mandates they were making, made any sense to actually protect our elderly and our most vulnerable. Uh, COVID was tough. I worked. I mean, it still is. I worked 18, 19 hour days almost every day of the week. But my wife yeah. actually runs assisted living, so we, you know, we were her and I were working. Uh, thank the Lord, we have great parents that were able to take our kids when we we had to put the hours in but we had to take care of she had to take care of her residents and i had to take care of all the homes supplies so they could take care of the residents what what was one of the so name top three policies that you guys had to endure that didn't make any sense um we shut businesses down (laughs) i mean we 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 shut the businesses down um you know no we didn't tony evers did our governor and it, it didn't make any sense because, for instance, you could go places that you could go to Walmart, but you couldn't go to your local hardware store at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you couldn't go to the local clothing shop, but you could go to Walmart for it. We can't tell. We, as Americans, we can't tell businesses who's who's important and who's not. That one probably will drive me nuts the most. Uh, next would be the mask mandates. I've sold masks. I know they work in sterilized environments against certain things, uh, but wearing 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 a t-shirt over my face, <laughs> anything, 
And it actually was one of the reasons I got into politics because my kids were, uh, one day my, my son or daughter was crying because they forgot their mask. And as I drove away from school that day, I thought, what are we doing to our kids? Yeah. And, and what's the final one? Uh, election integrity. I like confidence in our elections. Once again, we do things that doesn't don't make sense. Yeah. We we uh, we let we let ballot. We I mean, if you just watch two thousand meals, you'll see you'll see a huge huge issues there. Yeah. Uh, and definitely confined. You know, I work with you know, assistant. We let we let caregivers and then caregivers are great people, but we let caregivers. Um, fill up people's ballots for them. Even you know they're 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 adjudicated and can't make their own decisions. But we then they're not supposed to vote. We let them definitely. People didn't have to show IDs. Uh, Democrats told me last week they did, and, and they're wrong. We had two hundred some thousand people voted, and definitely could find one of them being a state senator uh, didn't didn't have to show an ID. Yeah, see that's see that's the thing that frustrates me. You know, that we should, you know, when it comes to voting and stuff, okay, no offense, okay? If you have dementia, Alzheimer's, or Parkinson's, or, or if you're in that stage where you can't think for yourself anymore, you should not be allowed to vote. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think, I, I would love to hear good. Uh, Ron Hoyer from, brought uh, down 5,000, or brought up 5,000 names of adjudicated people, people that are actually, the problem with nursing homes and assisted livings is if I put up my, if I put my mom into there, I think she's taken care of and infected. So I, you know, there's a good chance that I wouldn't proclaim her as, as, as uh, mentally incapable. Uh, but, but we have 5,000 names from what I understand sitting at one's desk that are actually deemed incapable of thinking on their own. That voted in the last elections, like, yeah. How would you fix that? Like, how would you would you pass certain things? How would you fix that situation? Did I got your back? Yep. Uh, yep. How would you fix? How would you fix um, this election problem? Like, what what would you like to see out of it? Like, personally, what would Dean want to see out of this um, election integrity bill? What would you like to see out of it? Well, the legislation, the legislation last session passed twenty plus bill to uh, to secure up our confidence in, or for you know, for us to have confidence in our elections. And of course, Tony Evers vetoed every one of them. But uh, first of all, with the indefinitely confined, we have to have tighter restrictions on indefinitely confined. We we cannot keep uh, we cannot keep letting people skirt the rules. But make an exemption that you know we, we need to have like a you know I, I'd have to read the legislation again or the bill again. We need to have we need to have reasons for being indefinitely confined. Uh, a doctor's excuse, a doctor's note would probably be uh, drop boxes. I mean, I know the Supreme Court has has since outlawed them, but we need to forever outlaw. Yeah, we need to pass legislation that forever takes them away. Ballot harvesting. Uh, I mean, those, are, those are the three things that come to mind right off the top of my head. I mean, I will, I will vote for every single one of those bills that they they passed last. Episode. So, can you explain to the listeners what ballot harvesting is and how that impacts a nursing home? Uh, ballot harvesting is people that go around and collect multiple ballots for uh, you know over the course uh, uh, over a community 
and then they harvest them all and bring them all in at once. And that you know that be that that's pretty much the basic concept of it. Wow. So that's so which I'm against because I don't think you should be I don't think no one should be bad at harvesting whatsoever. Um so the other uh so what other things that you're trying to fight for as well, like for Wisconsin, like and where do you see the direction of America if that like if certain things don't work out midterms, or where do you see the direction of America? Do you think we're gonna have another election by twenty twenty four or is it pretty much long gone? Um that's a good good question. I think um well a couple of the other things I want us to talk about is uh go for it. Safer community. You know, we we watched a governor attorney general in the state of Wisconsin after a police shooting in the afternoon evening on the Sunday afternoon August of August. They uh they gave the police officer for investigation with that um, one of them is running for United States Senator right now, Mandela Barnes. They prosecuted him publicly, and when Connecticut burned, they they were at fault. They were the ones that instigated that before a proper investigation. And and basically, from people should be doing those things. Uh, my best police officer. We need to, these men and women are working their butts off every day to keep our community safe. We need to have their backs. And, you know, will there be a bad cop or two? Probably. Uh, but the, the good cops typically weed those out pretty fast. And if something happens, we need a proper investigation before our leaders, the so-called leaders, decide to prosecute them in public. Yeah. Uh, you know, also, also, I'm a big uh, Second Amendment guy. I, I Self, but I, I, I believe, believe uh, I, don't I believe know. I know the Second Amendment says thou sh- shall not be infringed. Uh, we carry no, no more in our Constitution says I need a license or I need a piece of paper so I can carry my gun. I believe I believe guns make us safer when they're in the right hands. Yeah, uh, I can agree. Yeah. And I see, I see America. Uh, if we don't, if we don't see a drastic change, and we see policies of Biden and even and the Democrats, uh, I see it being real tough. I see, I see it's a hard place to live. Or, I mean, I went to the grocery store the other day. I got six, seven items. It was $27. I actually figured it out a year and a half ago. It would have been $14. Yeah. And and speaking of that, I went to get 20 items. You know how much I paid? And I almost had a heart attack. You know how much I had to pay for 20 stupid items? I'm going to go with 85 a hundred dollars actually, and a hundred dollars and a dollar sixteen in taxes. <laughs> a package of hot dogs at Woodman, at our local Woodman's, our grocery store chain. It was a dollar fifty, uh, about a year and a half ago. It is two, two ninety seven or two seventy nine. Yeah. Uh, don't quote me. I think it was two seventy nine. I mean, think about that drastic change. That's almost double the price. Yeah, and think of the pound for bacon though too. You know, you look at the milk, you look at the pound for bacon. And so, you know, as um, so I'm probably going to bring this up to you as well. If you get elected, all right, what do you think about the diesel shortage that we're running towards and this gas shortage that we're running towards and that we're depleting all of our reserves because of incompetent administration? How would you, I mean, what, do you, what are your thoughts on it? As a state legislator, I'm not sure a whole lot I can do. <laughs> you know, I, I, I would, right now, I'd be for eliminating or reducing the gas tax. Um, Bingo. I mean, that's a pretty, we had an administrator, buffoon, come in and the first day, shut down the Keystone pipeline. 
Um, yep. No, no. The other side will argue well, that didn't produce our uh, much gas anyways. Well, speculation. Once one foreign countries knew that we weren't going to produce their own gas, they can do whatever they want. They've always done it. Yep. We 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 caused that problem. And this diesel truck. I actually, I mean, full disclosure, I, I drive a diesel truck or one of my work trucks. It's a, a diesel truck. Um, it's a scary time. It really is. And diesel. Diesel's, you know, we all we all can complain about gas prices, um, but diesel's more important because you can, diesel hauls all our foods and all our goods, and you can only put yep. so much stuff in a truck. Um, we want to talk about price raises. Just look at the diesel prices. Yeah, and now that a lot of people miss overlook on diesel, you know, they're thinking, well, it just only pertains to truck drivers. No, diesel actually is playing a major role in our economy. It produces our generators. It makes our generators run. It makes your hospitals run, you know. And and I think that, you know, and once again, the Biden administration is playing politics with other countries. He's making sure that other countries are well off before worrying about worrying about the American people. See, and this is a, and you see that with the immigration thing. Now, this leads to another question. Okay, as an immigrant, I find this a slap in the face because there's over 70,000 illegal immigrants in the state of Wisconsin. What would you do uh, to kind of stop the illegal uh, inflow of it in Wisconsin? Okay, well, first of all, Wisconsin cannot be a sanctuary state. Uh, Amen to that. I agree to that. We kind of we kind of are, you know. I know uh, immigrants. They they are a huge resource, and and we want people to want to come here. I I mean, we need people to want to come here legally. Though, yeah, legally, absolutely, legally. In terms of this, shouldn't be a hard process, and it shouldn't even be a Democrat republic Democrat versus Republican. We, we should vet people when they get in. And and make sure we're we're checking up on them. If you break the law, um, you know you, you don't belong here. That's that's just the way it goes. I want to bring everybody in, but it's got to be legally and it's got to be done right and smart. Uh, we my forefathers came here and they had to prove what their value to our society was, and I'm sure you did as well. Yep, I was uh, adopted from Russia, so this whole immigration process, I take this very, I don't take it very kindly. Um, I'm not more of a person that says, well, you know, because, you know, when you're an immigrant and stuff, you don't you come to a country that's got its freedoms. You want to protect it. You know, and then you have all these like not I'm not I'm not bashing you, but you have the other side stating, well, you got to bring it. You got to welcome everyone in. No, I'm sorry for the immigrants that flee these communist countries. And now you're welcome, like all prisoners and gangs and all that into the country. No, you got to stand up and say, no, enough is enough. No, you got to. It's your turn. You have to uh, pay out of pocket to become an American citizen. You know, absolutely. I commend you. I, really, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm so happy to hear that you've uh, you've seen that and you want to be the. You know, we are, we are the light on top of the hill. We all got yeah. here some way, unless you're a Native American. We all got here some way. No, I didn't have to do the, the trials and tribulations to do that, but my my I think six generations back did, and uh, you you have to assimilate to our society, not the other way around. Yeah. And we can't cater to you. And this is another thing. And I I mean, this is just another, like, this is like a whole slap in the face, this whole immigration thing. You know, and they're thinking that Biden's going to, like, give $2,400 and give them, like, all, like, uh, Xboxes and, you know, give them free transportation and stuff. So I'm still waiting for my reparations and my yeah. compensation for the 36000 Actually, over $78,000 uh, both of my families paid so I, be, so I can become a 
citizen. I'm still waiting for that. I'm not going to get that anytime. Yeah, you're not, you're not getting that back. You've been you're 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 you, uh, you're, you're Christian God fearing person. They don't and you've been here long enough. They don't. That doesn't matter to them. Uh, <laughs> no. You know, you're absolutely right. We, I mean, we 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 got to be the light on uh, the beacon on top of the hill. We got to do it right. Um, yep. You know, I've 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 gone to numerous farms uh, in this la- in this process, and they are and they tell me their troubles. And it's 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 not a well, it is a Democrat versus Republican thing. It, it should be so easy to solve. There's there's already books laws in the books that should solve a lot of it. To be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, we just don't follow them. So how would you so with this whole immigration problem? Now I just want to tell my listeners and stuff. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not like going out and say that we shouldn't, I'm not a narcissist or a, a person that doesn't like immigrants. So I'm an immigrant myself, but you, you have to, like you said, you, there's a, a right way of doing things and there's a bad way of doing things. The, the way we're going at it, we have a huge fentanyl problem in the state of Wisconsin. You know, that's the way that we're going at it is an improper way because we're getting illegal drugs being trafficked from Lloyd, Milwaukee, and it's going through spreading all throughout Wisconsin. It's like a virus. Yeah, you, you play it off of interstate. Um, I just uh, Shano, the city of Shano, right on Highway 29, and they are making that's uh, basically the highway between Green Bay and and, and uh, Minneapolis, and they're making the fentanyl buses every day. I talk to the sheriff on a regular basis. Yep. How would you how would you push legislation? Uh, to limit, mitigate the fentanyl because it's getting out of control. You know, I uh, kind of thought of it the other day on the campaign tour. Fentanyl is a murder weapon. Let's yep. just be honest with you. It's it's it can be it's used in in you know very restricted environments and it's used for drugs that that kill people. That's that's when it, when it comes to fentanyl dealers, let's lock them up, throw away the key. Um, you know that's that's. What they're doing, they're you know when you're when you're distributing fentanyl, killing people. That's not you know these easy these uh, Cassis bonds and everything talks about. No, your intent with fentanyl is nothing nothing but bad. Yep. And how would you? Because even for I don't know if you watch the just the tragic video of the police officer in Arizona that even just touched fentanyl, just the potency of it put him into shock. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean. My one of my, my my friend gets uh, nitro gloves from me on a regular basis. My best friend from school, and uh, he he's scared of it every day. Yeah, it's sad. Um, so as we conclude, because I don't want to hold you back, and I want to say thank you so much for your opportunity. Do you have any other final thoughts for the listeners or where they can find you? Uh, NewbertforAssembly.com. That's N-E-U-B-E-R-T for F-O-R Assembly, A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y.com. You can find out, you know, I, I am looking for people to uh, knock doors. If you got some listeners in the Shano area or out northern out of Gamey County, uh, looking for obviously money. You know, treasures is good, but we're, we're finishing up on this and we're you know, still running radio ads and text message. Uh, you find more about me, but I'm a regular guy. I'm not a politician. I don't really even know if I want to ever uh, be considered a politician. It's common sense. I think everything we talked about is common sense. We're just not using it in government. Yep. All right. Well, with this in mind, Dean, I want to say thank you so much for your time. And you're welcome to check out Dean on Facebook and on his website, Dean for Assembly. Uh, Newber for Assembly. And it's Newber for Assembly on Facebook as well. All right. Well, you have a blessed day, sir. And remember, guys, God loves you, and I'll meet you at the finish line. Bye.